All right. What's up, everybody? This is the Brewroots Podcast. We are here in Vermont. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, last week's episode featuring Upper Pass was awesome. So thank you for tuning into that episode. Uh, we're, we're still in Vermont. We're still in Vermont. Yeah, we never left. We never left. Yeah, we've been we here. We decided we live here now. Yeah, we've been here for four weeks. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. <laughs> we're just living off of berries. Yeah, and, and Ryan's ski yeah. ski sponsorship. He's now a professional skier. Yeah, 100%. I believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, and he's gonna go to the Olympics. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Erica, where are we today? We're at Switchback. And is that in Burlington proper? Is this technically Burlington? Yes, it is. All right, I just want to make sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're in a brewery that they're turning twenty years old. So they're yeah. not legal enough to drink yet, but, but real close, real close. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sneaking them a beer or two just to get them ready. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, who are we with? We're with Bill. Hi. Hey, hey Bill. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> so, Bill, introduce yourselves. So you're what's your role at the brewery? So I'm the, the original founder. Okay. And, um, that's my role, I guess now. So <laughs> I, I started off as a, the role of absolutely everything except for bookkeeping. Mm. That's a smart one to stay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was quite the schedule I had, which was uh, brew packaging, brewing, followed by selling at the, the end of the week, and then uh, and then sending all my receipts off to the bookkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> so do you sleep more now or back then when you started the brewery? Um, same. Yeah. Same. Back then I was, I couldn't sleep because I was too busy out in the plant. Yep. Now I can't sleep because all I do is worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great. So it doesn't get better. Um, <laughs> 20 years, it stays the same. Stays the same. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what I love about Switchback is you know what you're getting with the beer. Um, I think you have some of the most consistent beer that For I've sure. had. Um, I've been drinking you. I've, 31, so for 10 years, 10, so yeah. half of your life here. Um, and I remember when you could only get it on draft here before the bottles. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into all of that. But I want to know, how did you get into beer and opening a brewery in 2002? People must have looked at you and been like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. absolutely true. I, uh, it is so funny coming from then to now. And yeah. so now I'm the old sage who's seen all this stuff going on. But mm. I I had to go to the bank making the case yeah. of what exactly what you're saying, why anyone would think that a brewery could be successful. Because Catamount had shut down yeah. years prior yeah. and Harpoon was the only really... They weren't even in yeah. Vermont yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, not even. So We did locally have Magic Hat on, yeah. on an yeah. ascendancy at the time. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, we started the brewery on, on used equipment and I had my, my pick for pennies on the dollar. There were so <laughs> many bankrupt breweries out there. Wow. Yeah, so what made me, well, it was my profession. So I, uh, you know, this is, I don't know if this is interesting at all, but uh, I, I had a roommate in college and he had gone, he was in dental school, his first year of dental school. And one of his, uh, one of his friends they were studying was a microbiologist and they were uh, getting sick of dental school <laughs> and playing with teeth is gross. Yeah. <laughs> this was in Ohio and there's a Budweiser plant in Ohio. Yeah. And, uh, and he like, he goes, why did I do this to myself? I could be working in that brewery. And I was just sitting in the same room and, and the little, I, I'm pretty sure a light bulb lit above my head in a cartoon fashion. And, uh, 
Uh, and I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I thought about that and realized that I was in a, my major that I had taken some microbiology and I was like, oh, I really liked it. And poof, I went and I changed my major. Nice. And directed myself towards this is what I'm going to do. Nice. <laughs> That's exciting. I feel like we don't hear that very often where it's like in college, someone decides that, all right, I want to work at a brewery. Yeah. 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 It was a different time for me. I'm an old man now. And, um, and so there weren't the opportunities whatsoever uh, that we would have now to just kind of like walk down the street and say, hey, can I get into yeah. this? There wasn't any place to yeah. go. Do you think that education background helped you in starting the brewery? brewery. uh, Today, we see not as many people getting the education, the science behind it, and just getting the tribal knowledge, what it's the internet, reading, Mm -hmm. working in a brewery. Did that help you? I'm certainly going to say yes, because I went through it all. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and I think you touched, in my mind, you touched upon it right in the very beginning, which was our, our consistency from day one. And that was a target I had in the very beginning and it uh, paid off well for, for the company because people did notice. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that came from all of my, my background, both in education and experience because I didn't get a job in brewing as a microbiologist. They wouldn't hire me. I wasn't good enough. So I made bologna. Okay. (laughs) And and I was the quality quality assurance person, you know, for a bologna factory. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) Not as much as you might think. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and and every, uh, it was like every January I would send resumes out to breweries. But like I said, at the time, I was sending resumes out to, you know, Pabst and, and Miller and that's all like, there was. That's what there was. Yeah. And and the idea that you know we were hearing some some uh, signs of some small breweries out, but they only had three employees, and I knew they didn't need a quality assurance manager. But, <laughs> right. Right. So and then, how did you cut your teeth, so to speak? Were you home brewing, or? Yeah. Yeah, and even that was a challenge back then. Yeah. Uh, find, right. Finding pre-hopped the, malt. Yeah. <laughs> finding the material to yeah. do anything. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Getting things sent snail mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, played around with that and you'd find your sources, but they were pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, especially the yeast, uh, which was really just repackaged bread yeast. Mm-hmm. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Back then. Pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and so that's where, you know, I, I at least experimented and stuff and, uh, I remember my, like most home brewers, it was the first dark beer I made was the first one. My friend said, well, this one's drinkable. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Was it just because they like free beer? Or was it, yeah, was it well, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone choked down anything I made. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but the maltier dark stuff was a bit palatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. But I, I would reach out and, and I actually, I don't know if this is at all interesting, but I got smarter being in the being in corporate business and realized that the the folks that would be my boss that I was writing to didn't necessarily have control over when or who they were going to hire all the time. Yeah. And so I sent letters not asking for a job but just asking for advice from the executives oh, at the highest okay. of of Bud and Coors and 
Did um, you get replies? They did. They wow. Replied. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so I had kind of figured out that those guys were sitting at a desk and had time to talk to me. Whereas right. the working guys that would be my real boss were busy. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, I don't need anybody. And they toss your resume off the side. Yeah. And uh, that's where I got uh, some great info. Both of them said, go back to college. Interesting. For brewing specifically? For, or? for brewing specific. Yeah. They're like, you got to get, you got to know even more. And uh, before you can get to our level. Yeah. And the Coors fella, he was, he's just, uh, I only remember his first name, Lee. And, uh, well, Lee, if you're listening, yeah. I'm sure he's you are. He's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, it was like single spaced and he sent cover pages from brewing text from the Coors Brewing Library to say. Oh, that's cool. He goes, you'll never find these, but here's how you can like reach out to look for them. And a list of all the all the brewing schools in the world. Wow. Wow. Which isn't a very long list. No. No, but still, like that was pretty cool of him to come back with that information for oh, you. So what was it in the United States? Siebel, UC Davis at the at It point? was only UC Davis. Yeah. yeah, Siebel technically was, but there were, you know, they're a seminar college, right. whereas yeah. as the degree granting. So he's talking about. You know, Weinstefen in Berlin, okay, um, and uh, Louvain in Belgium and wow. stuff, and then UC Davis was, and I guess Harriet Watt in England. So, yeah. and and I really wanted to go to a German school, but yeah, I, why not? But I didn't speak German, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which wouldn't be as I don't think as much of a problem now. I was saying, I don't yeah. think it is an issue now. I've heard people go there for those yeah. courses yeah. now, but, but so what did you do back then? So uh, UC Davis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I picked up and uh, carted myself out there and nice. was not accepted to the school, actually. Oh, so no. that was I just <laughs> I just quit my job, headed out there and uh, picked up prerequisites for for a year. Yeah. And, and got to know them and then applied. OK. And, uh, and, and, and got in. So. Wow. Yeah. So I'm one of those where, you know, the, it is a very strange thing. And people, yeah. <laughs> people always smile when I go, no, I have a master's degree in beer brewing. And yeah. it's like, what did I do wrong with my life? Right. <laughs> right. But that's cool. Like you clearly had a passion and you went for it. Yeah. 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 I can't think yeah. of how Which many is people, including myself, I might've just said like, screw it. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> back yeah. to baloney. Yeah. No, back to baloney. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think everybody's got their own story now. There's other ways, you yeah. know. And right. So there's tons yeah. of folks, right, that just said, "I'm going to do this," and they start off. They just you know brew. scrubbing floors. Right. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. to be inside the brewery until someone says, "Hey, could you do this too?" And you did it okay, and so they let you keep. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah. But yeah. there weren't even breweries available for you to even no. do, do that. that. Right. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. like A and B was like, "Come on, scrub our floors." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so you've seen beer change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, what, when growing up, the, the domestic cores were kind of like mm -hmm. the, I'm sure. The beer. Yeah. The beers. Yeah. When something like, you know, you see Sam Adams, you see Anchor Steam come into play and you see these beers and then now to see where it, it's growing. Did you ever, when you were applying for jobs, did you ever think, you know, we'd have beer in cans like we do. Hoppy beers. Hoppy beer, hazy beers. Hazy beers, yeah. 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 <laughs> Would your professors at UC Davis be pissed if there was hazy beers? My, yeah, right. my professor at Davis says we don't own a filter here yeah. at Switchback and never have. And uh, he actually he actually specifically reached out to me once and said, I don't get this. Why, is, <laughs> why are everybody, why are you doing it? Why is everyone doing it? Yeah. Yeah, and I sent him like a big long explanation of of why I had done it, etc. And 
never heard back from him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know he just he just just shook his head. And yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. understand that, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know about it's definitely not the variety and 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 the quantity that we've got of uh, you know the fact that someone can just make uh, a few barrels of beer really and have a business almost yeah, yeah. Of, of folks coming out to see them right you know, to, to imagine that anyone would want to do that seems hard to believe but uh, I I do know that you know even when we were in college. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm so old, it was legal to drink the entire time I was in college. Nice. <laughs> Those <laughs> and, are the good old days. Yeah. Um, at least where I live. Right, and, uh, right. And, and, but, uh, you know, we would, we would seek out little, little small brands just for fun. And they all tasted essentially the same. Mm. But I remember, I remember uh, being at a bar once and you could get 16 ounces of Robin Hood ale. <laughs> For the price of a twelve ounce bud, and yeah. we were all oh we, well, we, there you go. We were all over that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a good name, Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dual meaning right there. Yeah. Oh. oh, those are the good old days, because because just yeah, as variety. I know you guys. I don't know how well you know the Midwest, but Cincinnati had Little King's Cream Ale, and uh, they were making an offshoot brand that I discovered in a convenience store, and it was in a it was in a two liter bottle. Oh wow, a two liter glass bottle. Wow, and uh, it was called Big Jug, <laughs> and, and and that that sat in the fridge every so often. Yep, so, yep. So, so that was our, I guess that was a version of a growler back then. Yeah, <laughs> never would see anything like that now. Yeah. No way. Two liters of beer being sold? No, no, no. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So really, the fight for us in the in the early days was was introducing the the concept of flavor. Right. Know, to, right. To the customer. And, and eventually, you know, haze, which, which was something that definitely not in college. We were practicing how to make things, you know, more, as clear more as beautiful. possible. Yeah. 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 I, we did a great experiment. This was one I guided when I was I was actually teaching at that point um, where we had our lab class brew all the same beer and then everybody treated it differently. So we didn't filter it. We filtered it loosely, we filtered it really prettily, and then we sterile filtered it. Mm-hmm. And then we, we presented that, um, and actually presented that to, we had a, a master brewers meeting coming to our school there at UC Davis, and the Budweiser people came in, and they, oh, were, nice. they were fascinated. Yeah. And it was very interesting because the, the, you know, the, the unfiltered was unfiltered and tasted great. The slightly filtered was just barely different. Mm. And then the really crystal clear filter was still a, only a little bit different. And then the sterile filter was just stripped of all of its energy. Yeah. 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 It was really fascinating how much it changed it. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we have to take a quick sponsor break. I promise it's going to be quick because this is a lot so of fun. Fast. So uh, take it away, Sound Guy Ryan, and then we'll be back. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today.
Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. Dun, dun, dun. All right, continue. <laughs> okay, with my with my origin story, that <laughs> I don't know how we've fallen into this, but uh, well, interestingly enough, and I can kind of tie it into. So I'm out in Northern California now, coming from Ohio, and uh, suddenly we're going to Master Brewers meetings and hanging out with the folks from Sierra Nevada and Mendocino Brewing and Anchor. And this was all very eye-widening. You know, my dream at the time was just, if I could just be in any big brewery, I would be happy. Yeah. And uh, so I had a big transition there where I realized it's like, oh, you could actually- This could happen. You could write recipes and, and, and do these things. And all of my cohorts uh, in, the, in the class, in the, in the major were all looking at brew pubs and stuff like that and being their own, being their own brewer. Yeah. And uh, I was always looked upon as likely the corporate brewer. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting because I'm the one that did the I exact, did this. The right. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what happened with me is um, I, I, I landed an internship uh, with Budweiser, which was really instructive. It was, it was really well done to see how, you know, they can do what they, what they need to do. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, I got the, I got, I will say this, I got the privilege because this had to be approved at the highest levels of, uh, of the union and everything else, uh, to, they sent me in a rubber suit and I crawled into the Beechwood chip tanks to help to, to clean it out. Wow. Clean out the Beechwood chip. What a privilege. And that had to be approved. That what was, a privilege. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You, you go in there and they've got this like hydraulic, uh, uh, fork that you jam into the things and then they pull out into these like into these like torpedoes you hear about torpedo ale it's a, basically the same thing yeah so they can you know, steam them and sterilize them before they use them again gotcha and uh so i, I always have uh, uh felt like that was one of the great things i've ever done yeah <laughs> who, can, who can say that because probably not many people you know, yeah and, and anyone who ever occasionally will say i'm sure they don't really use beechwood chips i'm like oh no i know exactly yeah yeah the, the big pile of them but um uh and straight from there uh picked up a job in kansas city at boulevard brewing company Okay. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I was their first head brewer. Mm. Cool. So they they had re, re, realized John McDonald realized at the time the way he put it was that they were making twice as much beer and a quarter as much profit as they thought they would, mm. and that he didn't you know they're getting to be like a factory and he didn't actually know how to run know what to do. Yeah. 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 So so they brought me in and I was there for five years and interestingly enough. Uh, our second best-selling beer was uh, was a wheat beer made with locally grown wheat. Nice. John was was ahead of his time for that. Yeah, kind of that stuff. is. <laughs> He's like, we're we're right next to Kansas, and Kansas is a wheat grown region. Because why not? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get it from a local farmer, and um, we had jumped through some hoops to do that. But uh, 
one one time my brewers uh, said to me, because we didn't think much of this wheat beer, it was just kind of boring, <laughs> kind of a boring little beer, and we loved our pale ale and our porter, and and uh, they said you ought to just drink it straight from the tank, it tastes way better, and and I of course huh. I knew about Widmer out in the West Coast do, doing you know uh, an unfiltered wheat, and so I like I, I just presented to you know maybe staff. we should do that yeah. yeah. And we debated that for months of whether or not the folks in Kansas City and the Midwest could <laughs> accept a funny-looking beer. Yeah. And uh, it's a great story because we finally gave it a shot and took it out. And the sales staff, we asked them, said, what's what's happening out there? And they, they repeated it. They said, they talked to a bartender who said, uh, he said, yeah, I pour it. And someone looks at it and goes, what, what the hell is that? And I tell them, yeah, it's unfiltered. It's supposed to be that way. And they just shrug their shoulders and drink it. <laughs> Sometimes All you just right. need that trusted source. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it just took off like crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I always remembered that little story of how, uh, how it was the same exact beer, but when we stopped filtering it, we liked it. So Even are, you, more. are you the godfather of Hayes? Yeah, right. It <laughs> seems that, Is that way. that the unofficial title? <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I'd probably say Widmer's got get, gets credit for me, but, you know, it was, uh, that is kind of a funny thing for us to look at. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, we, we, we keep thinking about the fact of maybe we should be letting everyone know our beers are hazy too, because we didn't, we didn't use that word. We just said, we're not filtered. Yeah. 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 And, and I went through, you talk about the, you know, origin stories is when Switchback first opened, those first couple of years, I was running around trying to, to explain to the bars what was happening yeah. with the beer. Build a yeah. brand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. they would every now and then get just a, a plug of yeast and say, you know, oh, something's wrong. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> no, no, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. what took you from there from to Boulevard, here? Yeah. yeah. Um, the mountains. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I love Kansas City. And I love my. I still to this day always say my job at Boulevard was the best job I ever had. Yeah. It was. It was. It was so much fun because I was just responsible for the brewing. It, yeah. yeah. Less stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> had, just had a great time there. But, uh, but my personal life, you know, I was I was doing these ten hour drives to Colorado to go hiking and stuff. Oh, uh, yep. And yep. It, and I just couldn't. It was just killing me. And, yeah. Uh, so an opportunity came up here in Vermont, which is not a place anyone thinks of most of the time <laughs> not when you're from not when you're not from around here yeah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah but when i looked into it and i saw burlington's music scene and all the you know all that fun culture and and just how easy it was to get into the mountains and the skiing and i said you know i think i could, could i try could make that. something out of this yeah and i have a real good friend in uh in connecticut who was uh nudging me the whole time saying we should open our own brewery we should open our own brewery and that's yeah. our, and he's now our vice president okay so. So that's how we, that's how I, I rolled out here, left brewing temporarily uh, to get out here. Yeah. And uh, uh, was making food again and realized immediately that that was a mistake. No, I made the right choice years ago to get out of this. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> the, the leaving beer was a mistake, but coming to Vermont was not. Good. Yeah. And yeah, so that's eventually yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We're opening up Switchback. Yeah. <laughs> Switchback. Tell us about the name. Ooh. Switchback trails. Yeah. Names are names are the hardest thing and it went months and I, I, I forget what my working name was when I was writing the business plan, yeah. but the the um one day I had visited some friends and we went down 
you know, went down, uh, I think, to Baltimore to a baseball game and stuff to mess around. I was driving back to Vermont, and I realized I'd become a Vermonter because as I left the East Coast traffic and all that stuff, all my my stress level just started mm-hmm. to go away. And I was yep. driving in. I could see the, the, the Green Mountain Ridge and uh and camel's hump was off to the off to my left and and i was rolling around ideas for my name for a name at the time and thinking about things that i associated with vermont and uh right near camel's hump there's a bike race that goes that finishes on the appalachian gap and that's this hideous 20 percent grade switchbacks right at the end and I could have thought that thought a hundred times and not said switchbacks. And, but that, that day, I was like, those switchbacks. And all of a sudden, I was like, boom, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, it doesn't sound like any of my competitors. No. And it means something to me, and it means something to skiers. It means something to Vermont, too. It's something you can definitely associate yeah. with. Yeah. And, uh, and then and I was like, I, I, I need a better, I need more story than that. So, <laughs> and I was like, what does it mean to, to me? And, and so, so... And this is almost right away. I said, I, it's like a metaphor for my life, Yeah. which is I was trying to be a brewer, but I couldn't get there straight up the mountain. I was off to baloney and I was off to, you know, school <laughs> again. And I was like bouncing back yeah. and forth, Yeah. but I kept plugging along and got there. Yeah. So, so I, I like to say, I used to do a great, great tour. I, I, I'd get applauded. Oh, I I'd say, you know, <laughs> I'd say, so, uh. So my life, like most people's lives, is not straight. Is not a straight course, but it's the American way, right? If you don't give up, you can get there. Yeah. 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 So remember, this is this is the tagline. So remember, if you love America, you'll drink Switchback. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> yeah. I needed to look in the camera for that one. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. I, I needed to. Yeah, yeah. Play it. Uh, off to Bologna should be a beer name. I don't know if you need to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just thinking, I mean, people will be. Can really, we get a smoked yeah, beer? Yeah, smoked hey, beer. Smoked, yeah. smoked oh, ham. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the smoked beer because I am. I love smoked beer right now. I'm so glad it's making a resurgence. But what, the, the core brands when you opened was it always the pale, ale. The the yeah the ale that we did that was yeah. the only beer we made. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was by. So that was, you know, again, I don't know anything from anything. I'm a brewer primarily. And so I knew I was going to be a terrible marketer <laughs> and, and we continue to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was focused on what I know best, which was my quality. Yeah. And I felt that the best way I could do that would be to focus just on one beer. And I was going to make one unique beer that I had. I got this idea of what. I could play with that just wasn't represented out in the marketplace whatsoever, which we can still make that argument right now, even now, kind of mm. people have bypassed us and, and you can talk to a lot of folks of what other beer kind of reminds you of Switchback Ale and you usually don't get an answer. It's true. And, um, and so that was my focus and I kept thinking about Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's what I want. I want our flagship beer to be that iconic so that when you say the name Switchback, you're thinking about that beer. You've certainly. Yeah. You've done that. You've done that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the bottles. I know it took years to get into bottles, <laughs> but you were draft only yep. in distributing just through Vermont, right? Or on premise only. 
Yeah, on premise only. Yeah. Very slowly, you know, poked into New Hampshire and and across the lake into New York a little bit, but uh, it was draft only, and that was by plan. Um, it was my plan to introduce ourselves. I knew that I could be more effective if I could just go talk to bars versus trying to make packaging and everything else. And uh, it goes back to me, my quality thing is I, 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 this was very much even in the business plan was the longer we could go draft only, the better the bottling equipment would be when we purchased it, which meant uh, that the, that's a good point. the overall quality of the beer would hold up better. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so that was, I was so proud because I had it in my mind that I was going to have the uh, best, the, the best. And, and, and at the time and still probably is, uh, it's called Crohn's is the German company that makes like the best filler. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we've got. Yeah. Nice. And I was, I always like, yeah, we did it. So now why those bottles? Like your bottles are so iconic. You see that bottle <laughs> shape and you know, it's a switchback ale. Yeah. Um, was that, I assume that was on purpose. It is. It is. And I think everybody, like if we talk about the stubby, you know, we, we started with the 22 ounce bottle and we did that because we were doing everything by hand. And yeah. so that's, yeah. it, and it slows down production. So mm -hmm. it's, e it's easier if you yeah. did everything by hand. But when we went into the into the six packs, the the stubby, I, uh, we all felt so. At that point, I've got my crew, you know, yeah. and we're all, you know, it's my employee owners now, right? So I was already treating them that way, where we sat around. And we felt like like good old stubby bottles kind of fit our personality of how we think of ourselves. We mm -hmm. think of ourselves as just we're just brewers. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just brewers. We work our butts off and we make a good product. And it felt just very much like that, like not putting on airs, like we didn't want a fancy bottle or something. Yeah. 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 So, and, and yeah, again, it, 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 nobody else is doing it. No. We like it. And we, we would, uh, I had one person tell me that, uh, and I didn't know this, but because there's not a long neck on it, you can chug them faster. Oh, oh, that's good to know. We should find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you explain because they don't glug along. Yeah. Oh, that's up. true. Yeah. It's true. Good for parties. <laughs> so all four of us are going to chug one real quick. Yeah. And <laughs> the sponsors are going to keep the lights on and we'll be back and it's probably going to be really weird. Okay, Anyways, cool. Yeah. <laughs> are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. We're back. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that all day. It's yeah. not great. Yeah. So, what was beer number two? So, beer number two is, uh, gotta love my naming, Roasted Red. Yep. 
Perfect. Which, which, believe it or not, is a red ale that has some roasted malt in it. Oh, get out. Yeah. Nice, so. nice. <laughs> Marketing, yeah. not your thing. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Effective, and we know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To this day, though, we have fans that just get all excited about it. I think almost every beer out ends up with their, their group of fans. Of yeah. course. Even, yeah. ba- even bad beers is going to have someone who's like, oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> um, roasted Red was based on, and, and this is, is, is in some ways fun because I know a lot of you, you will know is a brand new hop um, and actually one of the hops that comes in Switchback Ale was was absolutely brand spanking new and they said just see if you like this and it was Simcoe okay. oh yeah. funny and you know, that, it's yeah it's funny to think that that's brand new yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and one of them that I rejected for, for the aroma because it was too strong for what ale was going to be was Amarillo mm. and, and yeah. so it was it was an unknown hop but I just I still remember I wrote in my brewer's notes I was like I just loved the hop and I was like must make a beer with so, this yeah so roasted red is literally built around amarillo nice so I was like thinking about that and saying what am I going to pair it with yeah and yeah I built the whole beer around it do you still do that with beer today yeah absolutely yeah Absolutely. You know, you got to look for your little, I, I like inspirations anyway. It's really tough if it's just like, just, we just need to make a new one. Yeah. Yeah. It's more fun if it's like, no, nah, I want to fiddle with this. I've never felt like that's your identity here. Mm-hmm. We just need to brew a beer to brew a beer. Yeah. Um, I'm sure at some point you've done something like a pastry dough, you know, but I'm, <laughs> but it's not like you're doing that for the, let's try to be the next big one that's getting into the market. I feel like you make sure you have a damn good product before it yeah. comes up. Yeah. 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 And actually our, our, our third beer was, uh, was, uh, Dooley's, Dooley's Porter and Dooley was employee number one. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And I'd made, I'd made roasted red because of my inspiration from Amarillo hops. And so I just was, you know, again, I, you could see why we ended up being employee owned because I just turned to him and said, well, what beer would you like to be next? And he goes, I think we need a good Porter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, done. Perfect. (laughs) So let's fast forward a a little bit. I mean, from 2002 to 2010, I mean, were those scary years trying to tell people like, hey, we we serve beer. We make beer, you know, like. Um, almost get a, it. I think almost in a different way because I, I, it was probably around 2005 or six, probably 2005, we started catching on. Yeah. And so from 05 to, to 10, at least, or more, uh, it was just a mad scramble to build more brewery to make more beer. Yeah. And in a frustrating way in that it was, it was all ale production and yeah. we didn't have time to do any other beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Were you always in this location or where was the... Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Started off in the middle of it, in, in 5,000 square feet in the middle, and this is like a 28,000 square foot building. And this is a nice boring story for you, is, is <laughs> not knowing anything from anything, I'm negotiating with the, uh, the, our, the owners for the, the lease. And I, knowing what I knew from Boulevard Brewing and the way we had grown, I was like, I knew, I said, if we start catching on, I'm gonna need more space could you let me know if any of my neighbors around me in this building ever are leaving? Cause I'd like, you know, I'd like to, to be considered. 
And they said, do you mean you want a right of first refusal? And I just remember going, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that, and so that's the fun part of the story is, is we've ac we exercised it every single time until, yeah. until we took over the whole building. So it's all yours? Now? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. So speaking of the building, when did a tasting room open? Ooh. I, it was probably somewhere around 2010. Yeah. You know, we had a tasting room. And that even that was a thing. I didn't have a sign for the brewery. It was just a different time back then. Nobody wanted to come visit us. Yeah. And I didn't have a sign for four That's years. That's so weird to think. And no one wanted to come visit you? No, yeah. <laughs> Nobody thought that was a thing. <laughs> right, Scary mountain, right. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that was one of the rumors that I, I didn't mind. There, that, the rumors <laughs> I was a, I was an ex-IBM person who had a, a, a eureka moment in his basement. That was a big one. But one oh, of them, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a cool... I mean, yeah. that's, that's... My favorite was that I was a crazy hermit brewer... And nobody could see me, and the beer tr the beer truck would back up, and I would open a door and shove the beer in the truck and slam it closed. Yeah, like right. Like, there's a couple. There's a couple of those breweries I think in New Hampshire and in Western Mass. That yes. Yeah. Have that kind the of owners yeah. don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah For so. sure. So yeah, so so people started banging on the door at one point, and it was actually our, our Vermont Brewers Association had done the the great passport program. Yeah, mm. and so they're just holding this piece of paper, going, "I need you got to get on this." Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was, I literally was like the hermit. I was grouchy about it. I'm like, I'm brewing. Yeah, I'm leave brewing. me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> and so so the writing was on the wall, and we opened up a really tiny little little place where yeah. you could get a little two-ounce sample. Is that all it was back then? Were you only yeah. allowed samples? Yes. Yeah, so that yes. was a rule. Okay. Yep. So at what point did that change where you could actually sell your beer and have like a money-making tap room? That was a good lead-in. Thank you. <laughs> I, I do all right sometimes. <laughs> oh, boy. That was um, sometime around, you know— Eight, twelve, eight, ten years ago, I think they they made a little adjustment, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was kind of allowing us to have yet another license. So <laughs> lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's like about about four licenses you can have, and we've got three of them. <sighs> the only one we don't. You just need one more. You can get yeah. them all. <laughs> the liquor one is the only one you don't have. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So you know, so we, so once. Once they allowed us as a so as a manufacturer to as a manufacturer you're allowed to sell your beer, which mm -hmm. is okay. So you don't have to have a retail license. Okay. But, but to pour it, you have to have the 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 license. You know, restaurant bar. Yeah, yeah. So and then um, you also have to have food as a part of that. You have to have something, and it has to be more than pretzels. Huh. Or chips. Well, you it got away with pretzels for a while, didn't you? Yeah. No, we always had the hot dog. Okay. It, it was the hot dog. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we still carry it. You know, this, this plant was built to be a, a hot dog plant. So we go, oh, go, okay. go, go right yeah. back to my bologna. bologna here, <laughs> yeah. right? Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the McKenzie, the McKenzie hot dogs, and they, they still have a little office in, in the front that, uh, for, for a, a little longer. But... Um, <laughs> And uh, they supply those for us, and that that gave us a, enough substance. Yeah. Community in Vermont. Yeah. It's huge. It's it's almost the bedrock for all breweries. It seems like. I think so. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. There, it's it's cultural for mm -hmm. sure. And I remember at our ten at our ten year birthday, I, I was asked, and I and I was and I I was all over that fact. I said Vermont has this this character to it where. People, you know, I had come from, say, 
you know, brewing in Missouri where people are suspicious of new things. And here it's just the opposite. It's curiosity and support. And the biggest part is support is there's everyone just roots for the little guy and roots for the, the person who's following their passion. And they, they, I think they thrive on that and enjoy seeing that. And so it makes it so much easier than in many other places to start something up and say, you know, I'm, I'm making this and, and there's this openness to, well, I'll try it. Um, and, you know, so I, th I think that's why beer did so well, especially like we talked a little bit about in the old days where you're having to convince somebody that there's such a thing as a beer that tastes different than, you know, Bud Miller Coors, that, that people were open to that and well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Are there any rules in Vermont that you wish you could change? <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're getting me stuck here as there's so many of the, <laughs> it's really, it's just, it's, it's, it's such an odd. What would make your job easier? My job I guess. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to think of what some of the things that we could not, not have to do all the time. I guess it's all the hoops we have to jump through to show what we're doing, but I'm not sure how to how to say this mm. <laughs> smooth out um, the process in some way well yeah i mean it is difficult because i can i i'm actually been in the business so long i kind of understand a lot of them like i you know there's a frustration you'll have where we can't you know we can't if a bar runs out of out of beer on the weekend we can't bring them any right because we've got an agreement and it has to be from the appointed distributor yeah stuff like that and um, the doing, doing anything at a bar, I think that's probably one of the more difficult things is you, you know, you're, you're working closely with the state to prove that you're not bribing anybody to carry mm. your beer and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, um, maybe, oh, I'll tell you what would make our personal jobs easier is, uh, there's a huge thing about, uh, you can't, you know, Theoretically and stuff, uh, uh, no one behind a bar can can be drunk and serve, right? But they've turned that into you can't have had a sip of any alcohol like that day, and that. Oh, interesting. And and they have they have made an adjustment for us, which is nice. But at one time, the interpretation was, you know, as a brewer working out in your thing you you know if you gotta try it if yeah if you're sipping on the you know just beer in process it's only half a beer right you know it's like well you just consume some alcohol you have to go home now <laughs> <laughs> and wow. they have they have adjusted that to recognize that it is part of your work that you're not yeah. you know checking quality and but, stuff and a lot of that is just the it, it's the you know if you want to call it a naivete of of understanding what the process yeah. is and yeah. just thinking oh you guys are just in there you know hanging out yeah and, right. and <laughs> that's all we do we just sit and drink, drink. all day yeah. and hang out <laughs> and you're, yeah you're not allowed to do that it's, like, uh, <laughs> it's not it you, you 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 get us on a summer day when the the brew house it's 107 degrees up yeah. there and stuff Nobody's, you know, they're looking for Gatorade. They're yeah, Gatorade. yeah, trust me. Um, the evolution of Vermont breweries, it seems like the bigger breweries, like yourself, when you would go to them, you'd be standing in line to just get beer. Now people are standing in line to get food mm -hmm. and beer. Um, 
I know that you're planning on opening a restaurant, yeah. but I mean, how do you focus on producing world-class beer? And then there now there's a restaurant. Now there's a the, restaurant. Yeah. Now you need so. world-class food because people want the best of the best and will settle for nothing less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that what keeps you up at night? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I've, I've uh, so we've got our big plan because now that we've we purchased the building and we're investing in it, and I think you saw our, my my beautiful windows that I waited 13 years for to show off our, oh, cop, our copper kettles. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, that's part of part of this investment but it yeah it's very clear that the the we've gone from not needing a sign to needing world-class food and and uh you know something interesting to come visit and we're very fortunate that this this crazy building has just keep, is the building that just keeps on giving because we've, we've you got lucky right yeah, i mean absolutely yeah you know it's it's a great production facility because it used to be a foods facility so it's it suits us well but the fact that there's a little bit of land and we're in burlington proper kind of anchor in the south right. south end of Burlington that we're able to do these things. But uh, I think the answer to the, you know, for us is is we, the core of us will continue on beer and we're going to find some good folks to be like, you be, you be your, you be the expert for us. Because, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's most, of the, for me, most of the most successful places. And I know next door at Burlington Beer, you know, they've got an inspired chef yeah. that, that works with the brewer, you know, works alongside the brewery because you're not really necessarily working together, right? But uh, I think that's where where we're going. And um, I mean, just being a chef at a brewery to me seems like such a awesome- A fun thing. We were talking about this off air with Amy, like it's such a fun thing because breweries, maybe to their credit, maybe not to their credit, all about creativity. You can inspire you know, each other. Inspire each other. Yeah, absolutely. Where if you're just running a restaurant, it might be, you know, we need to have a salad, we need to have this, we need to have that. And absolutely. And I've had these conversations many times. People used to ask me, like, uh, switchback ale, like, how many test batches did you do before you got the finished product? And I said, none. <laughs> and they're like, wait, how do you do that? And I was, I said, I, as a, as a brewmaster, at least I taste in my head. Yeah. I know my ingredients. And I would always, and I would refer to it to, uh, to I say, I th I'm sure a chef when they're making a new they sauce, do the same thing. They know that sauce yeah. is about what it's going to come out, and when they get done, it's like, yeah, it needed a little more salt or it needed a little this, sure. but it's close. Yeah. And I think a brewer is the same way. We know what we know, kind of our ingredient choices, and we know pretty close what we're going to get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So being around for 20 years in in Vermont, where do you see the beer scene going next? <laughs> I'd be a fool to predict that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have you been wrong all along the way? <laughs> well, I mean, just how much it's... Uh, it's changed a lot. Well, you, and you touched upon it in 2002. So so get this, in 2002, I found this out after the fact, of course, but uh, uh, thirty there were only 30 new breweries that opened in all of the United States. Yeah. And 22, wow. 22 closed. Wow. So we had a net gain of eight. That's and, crazy. <laughs> and, and I found this little chart. And for the first five years of our existence, that net gain in the entire United States was never higher than 13. Wow. And yeah. yeah. And you think about it, I think last year, you know, it was 800 or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so who knew that? And I know there's a lot of folks that look like you, you had said, you know, we were the counter and we came in and, and uh, kind of led the, the, the refresh and charge. And I would, I would argue, having been in this, it was the refresh and charge was 
the 1990s, the, and this is how I made my case when I was trying to get my first loan for the first business, was the breweries that were closing almost universally deserved to close. Their beer was terrible. Mm, yep. <laughs> and, and we knew it. And we were out, you know, at least on my end, we'd be drinking and going, how are these guys still in business? And well, eventually they weren't. And I think this new generation is, is, is so much different. Is yeah. The, the quality is so, it, it is just on a, such a different level. And so now you're getting all the, you know, you've got, you have to have the base ability to be able to do all this experimentation, mm -hmm. right? To, yeah. make it, to make it work. Yeah. yeah. And so where this is going to go, wow, I don't know because I know we're, they're, they're playing with, you know, uh, they're, they're modifying yeasts, you know, yeah, files yeah, and, to do, you know, and so where are we going to go with that and what beverage is going to come out of that, I think is, is actually really exciting because clearly the public with seltzers and cocktails is open to anything anyone comes up with. If, yeah. If it tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Do you have a seltzer? No. Would you, will you ever have a seltzer? <laughs> we, we, again, we, we as a group, we're like, nah, we're brewers. Yep. yep. But you do have cider and wine, it looks like, on tap. Not yours, but you yep. have it here. Yep. Yeah. That's probably one of the licenses here. Uh, yeah, because we have, we have that full license or whatever we're allowed, we can do that. And that's our, you know, we need some gluten-free stuff. And, yeah. 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 So I also want to touch on the very cool, I don't know which the name, Grodzitski. Ah, Grodzitski. That was kind of close. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of close. <laughs> so you won that year, this year, yeah. for that, which is really exciting. Congrats. Yeah. Katie's love poem. Yeah. 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 Um, that's really cool. So you have four smoked beers on tap right now. Yeah. I heard uh, you have 11 in total, though. Is that true? I would argue we have, have we have more than that. Oh, my. Uh, that was probably Amy's bad, bad knowledge, or not knowledge, but bad. Kudos knowledge. to trying, Amy. <laughs> yeah. I give her, no, I give her, I, I, uh, I think they forget to, to count. We made, we made some uh, barrel-aged smoked beer. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. And some of them are versions so yeah. of the other ones, and they forget. I'm like, no, those are new beers, especially like we did a, our Blackstrap was my first unusual smoked beer. And, um, and I did a high-alcohol version of it to go into the, to go into the uh, bourbon cask. Mm. And, uh, and so that... You know, it's clearly a completely different beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It made too much, but yeah. So we typically have four going at all times. Really, at all times. That's that's really cool. I don't think yeah. I know of any other brewery that really has that many smoked beers. No. Period. I don't think. And now Notch has two usually. Right, yeah. that's but it. that's it. I, I'm making the claim because until you know, because I think I've figured out you can you just can do these things. <laughs> that no other brewery in the world makes as many smoked beer varieties as we do. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, just on that statement, you've become just on my that favorite statement. brewery. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this actually ties into, we were talking a little bit about the food and the creativity is, so what, what I'm doing with it, I got inspired. And uh, so we have, a, we have, I came up with a rule here. If, if you can put up with me for 10 years and work here for 10 years, your 10 year anniversary uh, employment uh, reward is an all expenses paid trip to Germany. Ooh, um, nice. in Europe in general, but you have to go to Germany cause there's an extremely small brewery in Launau, Germany that nobody knows about that. I do that is got the, some of the best beer I've ever drank. And at some point in their trip, they have to make a pilgrimage there and sit in their beer garden and drink. 
Oh my. Oh, nice. wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Could do it. And uh, when Gretchen went there, one of the stops she made was in Bomberg and she had fallen in love with uh, smoked beer. She said after she left there, all the other beers felt like they were missing something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I was thinking about this because, you know, sours are being well, you know, well represented mm-hmm. and we've got all the big, big, bold IPAs and stuff. Everybody's doing all these different things, even spontaneously fermented stuff. No one's doing smoke. No. And, and, and I call it giving it the American craft beer treatment, which is we started off traditional with a Mertzen and a Hellas and then went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the first one is called this Blackstrap, which is, is, is clear, just like the original ale. It's just a flavor idea based on Kansas City barbecue. Oh, nice. I was thinking about Yum. sweet and smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the yeah. bla- blackstrap comes from uh, dark brown, dark uh, brown sugar being put into the beer, and we get that molasses character out of it and stuff. And and but the big thing for me is on the creativity side is I'm I treat these recipes um, I think more chef like. So rather than yeah. making the beer be rather than than smoke being the defining character, smoke is just part of the just an ingredient the, the, the component yeah. to make it more complex and more interesting yeah it ties everything yeah. together yeah. Oh, wow. so so for instance bisou is a french saison but it's a smoked french saison right? yeah oh, beautiful so, yeah so you're blending the smoke in not to make it suddenly be a smoked beer but to be a saison that's got this extra to it this, yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah i love it and your top in general i mean you have only one high abv beer which is great. Like I could sit here and have three beers and be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Love it. Well, Bill, thanks for doing this today. Oh, wow. I feel like we could do yeah. another, we could do another, we could do five another episodes. episodes. <laughs> you did great by the way. Yeah. 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 Hey. This was wonderful. Yeah. You're great. Yeah. <laughs> now he's getting all defensive. He's like, no, oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> well, we really, really went down some, some paths I didn't expect to. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, we want people to come to Switchback. Uh, where are you physically located? And yes, we know you can plug it into your GPS. But still, but just, where, just listen. Where are you physically located? Uh, 160 Flynn Avenue in, in, in Burlington, just down the road from the Subaru dealer. Oh. And the world's tallest filing cabinet. Filing cabinet. <laughs> the world's tallest filing cabinet. Yeah, what's your opinion on that real quick? <laughs> oh, no, that's a great story. And we have an IPA that we, we named after it. Uh, nice. Because that was representative. Oh, and so that got placed the year Switchback opened. In was it really? Oh, that's oh, wow. so great. <laughs> and so it's, no, and it's a wonderful story because you, you guys came in and you saw all the construction. Yes. Well, that road, they're constructing a road. That road is the connector that they're now calling a parkway. But that was designed in 1964. So 58 years ago. They made this road? They, they designed no, the road. They designed the road, and it's been in it's been in red tape bureaucracy ever since. And, and the what? that sounds about right. That's the, crazy. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Massachusetts? We're not yeah. in Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the artist uh, Bryn that did the 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 file cabinet twenty years ago built that file cabinet, and it was originally placed right in the middle. They moved it because the construction was coming in, but it was placed right in the middle of the path. That's awesome. Of the road, and it and if you were to count. At that time, it was 38 years from 1964, and there's 38 cabinet. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, to represent all of the crappy paperwork. Exactly. And that's yeah. actually that's really awesome. good. That's really cool. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, now we know. Now we know. We have to take a picture okay, in front of it, great. I guess. We do. We'll, we'll just have to. 
Awesome. Uh, yeah, so we want people to go to Switchback Brewing uh, in Burlington, Vermont. Um, Social media, yeah. I assume, Switchback everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, okay. Now that's that's Amy's strong point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to her. We'll talk yeah. to her. <laughs> but uh, we don't have to explain. There's a bunch of great breweries up here. So come up here, stop at Switchback, and enjoy the area. It's awesome. We've been having a blast. Yeah. Thank you, Bill, for doing this today. Wow. Thanks, guys. You made it easy. Anytime. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.